Good morning, everyone, and blessed Thanksgiving Day to you all. Friends, I, I want to uh, first address the scripture for today, which is the healing of the lepers and the sense of God's, gra uh, God's graciousness and his healing, but also about um, the gratitude of the Samaritan who comes back. And um, some of the points of this parable uh, is sometimes not recognized. Uh, first, there is a sense of inclusion. The Jews and Samaritans were enemies with each other. In the parable, the thing that seems to break down this barrier between them of hatred and rivalry um, between the Jews and Samaritans is an illness, that their shared experience of this illness uh, brought them, allowed them to come together. And uh, there was also their shared social exclusion. Both the Jews and the Samaritans were no longer allowed in society. Uh, once they had leprosy, they had to live uh, amongst the graves of dead people in the mountains. So um, we see what this happens. We tend to overlook this fact when we hear this, this Bible piece. It tells us that all should be welcome now. And certainly in the kingdom of God, all will be welcomed. Often the reader is struck that the nine lepers who did not return were simply following the command of Jesus to go show themselves to the priests. It was the priest in their time that would certify that they were healed or cleansed and they were found worthy then to return to their families and to society. Friends, the Samaritan, uh, there's one, he's a Samaritan, he does not have a community. Uh, he's not in Samaria, he's where the Jews are, so he's far from his people. So he has no place to worship, nor does he have a priest. He simply only has this Jesus, which is plenty, really. But all this is, is this new rabbi. And in an attempt to follow what this rabbi said, he told them, go and show yourself to the priest and offer what is prescribed in the temple. The Samaritan, as I've been telling you, does not have this, so he returns to the one person who he thinks is what we would know as a priest. He returns to Jesus. I'm back. You told me to go and get certified. Here I am. So the parable also serves to remind us about obedience to Jesus and not to presume negative actions of others. Sometimes uh, uh, preachers will say those other nine were uh, ungrateful, but we don't know that. What we do know is that they were following what Jesus said. Go find the priest. On Thanksgiving Day, then, it is important for us not only to give thanks on this day, but to uh, really we should have an attitude of gratitude throughout the whole year. If we employ a prayer of thanksgiving and have this attitude within our hearts, it has the power and the potential to transform not only our own attitudes, but perhaps the attitudes of our society. Now, my friends, on Thanksgiving Day, I do not want to deal with the historical political aspects of Thanksgiving Day, but I want to focus on the real piece, the religious notion of Thanksgiving Day in the United States. So, my friends, very quickly, I'm going to run through history quick with you. The Puritans, um, they left England because there was a conflict between the Church of England and the Roman Catholic Church. 
and they were fed up with it, and they didn't particularly care for the Catholics. <laughs> so they got on a boat uh, with uh, what I call British explorers and colonists, about a hundred of them. They got on the boat, and they would eventually arrive to the new land. A year later, uh, of the hundred Puritans, according to the books, only 50 of them were still alive because of disease and things. So um, they had um, ingratiated themselves with the colonists that were there and the governor of the time there um, proclaimed a day of thanksgiving. So my friends, um, the custom of celebrating a day of thanksgiving traces its origin back to 1621 to this very governor. Uh, part of the Plymouth, the Plymouth Colony, appointed a day of public praise of prayer to God for the harvest. Those Puritans, those Christians, Protestant Christians, we understand them, they understood the Bibles very, very well. They understood and related to the Jewish Old Testament, in particular what we knew as the Jewish Exodus, when um, Moses uh, those who were being beaten up by the Egyptians out and through the desert into the new land. You see how they're seeing this. They see themselves as Puritans leaving the old country where they were abused uh, and moving into the new land, which we know as America. They understood very well uh, the symbolism, uh, if you will, of um, the Jewish holiday of uh, the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles, which was for the Jewish people um, a thanks and sacrifice to God for all that he had done, in particular the harvest. And this is, I'm setting you up for what is happening here. This practice soon spread to other colonies in what we know as the United States. President George Washington, at the request of Congress of their time, proclaimed the first national observance on Thursday, November 26, 1789. The governor that I spoke to, 1621, so we have some time before that. In 1633, the Catholics in England were being persecuted and Catholicism was outlawed, so roughly about 100 of them got on a boat and came with the colonists. And then they arrived here too. And um, when they arrived, it was a little bit about 1634, so a year later, um, the first mass of thanksgiving was celebrated by a Jesuit priest. Imagine that, a Jesuit priest. So my friends, this, the Judeo-Christian roots of thanksgiving is irrefutable. For those who do not believe in God can put forth all they want about other things. But what is inescapable is the Christian nature of our holiday, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Day is an American original. And it is the only American holiday that has this religious character to it. So it is amazing that there has not been more uh, drive against it. There has been some. I watched it this morning. Someone battling on about um, the political piece of it. As it is, this observance of this day has taken on other meanings in our time, of course football games, shopping, pumpkin pie, <laughs> turkeys. <laughs> Not for you guys. No turkey for you guys, right? No pavo, all right? Nevertheless, we Catholics know whom we should thank for all things. 
and how we should go about doing this. We acknowledge that all life and every good gift comes from God. It is He whom we thank. We come together this morning to celebrate Mass. We remember the very first one of 1634. And we give thanks to God that we are still able to celebrate Mass freely. In fact, every Mass is an act of thanksgiving. You know that the Eucharist, the word, the root word of Eucharist is Eucharistine, which means thanks or thanksgiving. It is appropriate and helpful for us as a Catholic Americans to observe this special day once a year as a day of thanksgiving to God and for family and friends. We give thanks to God for the principles on which our country was founded that is also an inescapable piece of our history as expressed in the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, you know this, that all people, all people have been created equal and that they are endowed by their Creator, capital C, meaning God, with certain inalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is very wise to be careful that we do not slip into just a mentality of nationalism about this, or worse, just complacency about some old tradition. George Washington himself created the proper spirit of this day in that very first Thanksgiving proclamation. He set aside a day which, in his own words, was to be a day of public thanksgiving and prayer. The President of the United States said this. To be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of Almighty God, capital G. He went on to urge his fellow citizens to beseech God to pardon our national and other transgressions, to promote knowledge and the practice of true religion and virtue, <laughs> and to grant unto all a degree of temporal prosperity as he alone knows best, referring to God. On this day in this house of prayer, let us follow the advice of that one, that we should count our blessings. And having added them all up, we should look toward heaven and with Christ as our high priest. Embrace the words that are found in our Eucharistic prayer as we celebrate the memorial, the saving passion of Jesus Christ, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven. And as we look forward to his second coming, we offer in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. My friends, we also... Um, I skipped over Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, in 1863, establishes the notions of Thanksgiving for us. And then in 1941, the United States Congress made the last Thursday of November a national holiday. I wish they would go back and remember this, the ones who are in office now. So my friends, on this day we give thanks and praise to God. If we had this attitude of gratitude always, the world would change. I'm done. <laughs> and yes, I gave you a history lesson. My friends, it will be important as Catholic Americans, Christian Americans, to know the true history always of our churches, but 
of this particular holiday. Because as I watched television last night and this morning, there are others that would like you to come to believe something different. Now I've told you, those come directly from the history books and from the history of both the Protestant Church and the Catholic Church. If I were you, I would believe Father Mark on this matter. On other things, you don't have to, but on this, it's all in the books. 